0: Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland.
1: And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator.
0: This podcast is our weekly catch up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble.
1: Recording in progress. Hello.
0: Hello, Bailey. How are you this morning?
1: Um, it's not morn, man. It's three o'clock. Sun's setting. Uh, Still morn. It's not (laughs) morn. It's dusk right now. You see this blue light on me?
0: That's dusk. I know that I could not mentally handle a three p.m. dusk. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know this about myself. So, this is why I don't live in Glasgow.
1: Um, so I was among, pulling among a quote, many other reasons. <laughs> I was pulling a quote from a local publication for a bit on the email I just sent out through my sub stack. Um, and I, you know, the first time I read it, I don't think it was fully winter. Like winter hadn't really sunken in yet. Um, but the first line is like something along the lines of if you've had them, mis- if you've spent every winter of your short, sorry life in Scotland, that, like outsiders might be a little confused by your traditions. Right. And I think that like calling it a short, sorry life, like every winter of your short, sorry life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that really is sunken in as, as I continue to live in a place where the sun doesn't rise until 9am and doesn't and sets at three.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cray.
1: yeah, it's cray. Cray, cray. Really looking forward to um, that, cutting it the fuck out, uh, and getting some daylight back in here. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that it's way too early at five thirty for it to be dark. Yeah. So, you know, well,
1: and it's so I've had Mom and Joe here the last ten days, and um, the funny thing is, like, there was maybe Christmas or Christmas Eve. And they were sitting in my living room, which has this bay window, and uh, they were looking out the window, and they went, it is pitch black outside, but it's only 5 p.m. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And they were like, it looks like it could be midnight out there. And I was like, uh-huh, that it does. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> you guys are observant.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like... It's like not a normal darkness at 5 p.m. It's like a 2 a.m. darkness at 5. You know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look outside and you're like, oh, I have a few more hours to sleep. That's like most of the time here.
0: <laughs> right. So, so you have to adjust to that. Otherwise, yeah. you're sleeping all the time. You're yeah, yes, like one of those 100%. people with narcolepsy or whatever.
1: Well, when honestly, it's really weird because like, basically that means in the middle of the day, there's at least one time in the middle of the day where I'm like, all right, I have to go out and walk around for an hour because I mean, I can come back in here and sit back at this table and continue to work on the thing I'm working on. But if I don't see the daylight now, I won't see it later. <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> so... <laughs> um, how was the visit? I mean, it was you know good. we ha- we we've we've all had different visitors uh, across the ocean from each other here since Christmas happened.
1: Well, I feel like we've talked about it off podcast, but uh I had a good time. It was nice having people over. I made a roast um yeah i love my i love my mom and my
0: stepdad so you made a roast was it was, I, I did I, I thought you were making beef wellingtons
1: <laughs> i did make beef wellington but the cut itself was definitely a roast so it just had to stay in longer like uh, a yeah, lot longer well it honestly it wasn't that much longer it's just i basically cooked it twice it was like once without the pastry once with it mm. so
0: so it tasted good
1: Yeah, it tasted good. They liked it. Nobody got food poisoning. So apparently I did something right.
0: Well, I mean, or mad cow disease. You know,
1: stop bringing up mad cow disease. I eat (laughs) beef all the time.
0: (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that us pesky Americans are hung up on.
1: Dear listener, when I first moved to Scotland... I said something along the lines of, uh, you know, and and I understand dad wants me to live in the States so that he can be close to me because he loves me. But um, the fear tactic campaign that he uh, instituted when I moved here, um, it began because I said, wow, steak prices are so much cheaper here. And he said, well, that's probably because they're all afraid of mad cow disease. <laughs> Which is the most <laughs> xenophobic <laughs> thing you could say about Scottish beef?
0: Not really. So, like, you you understand that that's one of those um, stupid American like lexicon things that are just untrue, right? <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of them. I was just laying mine upon you because it's funny. Um, but... I mean, it
1: would have been funny if I wasn't eating a steak at the time that you said it. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's kind of like the the, the one where they say, well, if you're in a country like uh, over there where they have a universal health care, you have to wait six months just to see a doctor. And it's like, okay, no, you don't. But whatever. no you
1: don't. But
0: yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and we even have like an NHS crisis right now where um like there there are strikes going on especially with healthcare workers, but like that's happening in the US too. Um so.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're we're just, you know, self-centered and like to rip on everybody else's. That's true. Systems. Yeah. I know I am. Yeah. So no mad cow disease, that's good.
1: Yeah. So mad I mean, cow free,
0: really. If you were having mad cow disease, I don't think we'd be recording the podcast.
1: No, I'd be in the hospital.
0: <laughs> or, you know, somewhere worse. The bathroom, you know, yes. Uh, no, to, to to quote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I don't want to spend the holidays dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it'd just be a damper, you know? It'd really, it'd really kill the mood, the, the holiday spirit, if you will, if I died.
0: So the, the you know, um I know they came. you went to London. what you went to museums. What all did you do in London? We
1: went to uh, f- well, let me give you the whole play by play. So we we went I um <laughs> so I left Glasgow. Um, I think it was two weeks ago, Monday, and I booked like a night train ticket. Um, which it's, it's called the Caldonian sleeper. It runs from Glasgow to London every single night of the week, I believe. Um, but basically the principle is it's a, it's a sleeper train. So you can book like basically a hotel room. There's like a bunk bed situation where it's like four to six to a sleeper car. And then there's like straight up seats. Um, and the seats, it was like a hundred pounds for the ticket. Um, which was entirely because I was going to London the, the week before Christmas, right after a train strike. So, um, I was like, well, I guess we're sleeping in a chair. Uh, and I did that. And, oh,
0: so you didn't get the the sleep in the bed thing. No, wish I
1: did. Honestly, had I <laughs> understood what I was signing up for, I probably would have paid the premium to sleep in a bed but I didn't. And as a result, I, well, and I'm also an anxious traveler. So the night train leaves at 11 PM.
0: And I I have to intervene here for someone for one moment. Every time you say night train, I hear it. Yeah. I'm on the night train, you know? Yeah. So did they play that as you got onto the night train? Because I have no, to ask. No. I, mean, I feel like Guns N' Roses has to be piped in as you're entering the, the night train. They didn't do that. They, they didn't should. do that.
1: They don't even call it a night train. They just call it a sleeper. Uh, so anyway. They're missing like, an
0: opportunity for marketing and a tie-in with yeah. Guns N' Roses.
1: Well, um, I'm sure Axel Rose has some monetary things to say
0: about that. um well, but but, but think of the extra people that it would bring into the train. I mean, no, you I think sleep on the night train. I mean, come on.
1: I don't. I don't think it would. Is the thing I really, I really I mean, don't. You don't.
0: I mean, <laughs> no. you know, if we think about what the meaning of the song "Night Train" is, I don't know that a lot of people are just going to be clamoring to jump on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, and Ooh, even I'd love to be high on some speaking, heroin. That sounds awesome. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: I also like. I think that maybe you have to do rails to even like doing a sleeper train, um, because it's not. <laughs> it's not luxury so much as it's like I mean, you are you on a, a rails, train at night see? it's all that train
0: metaphor but, um, stuff. Sh- yeah yeah
1: yeah so um yeah so well
0: anyway so I, basically I your train of thought <laughs>
1: yeah so basically i get anxious before i travel and i like i can't um i can't sit still so i was like at the station way too early and I just walked around like downtown Glasgow for an extra hour because I, I just, I showed up way too early. That's what happened. I, you know, it I got there and I was like, why am I here right now? I'm not going to go home and then come back. That's silly. Like I'll find something to do. So, um, while I was walking around, I ended up at like the Glasgow Christmas carnival, Um, and I bought, there was this stand selling hot chicken and chips. And I was like, all right, I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner.
0: We'll do that. And by chips, you mean French fries.
1: Yeah. Well, no, they're like, they're like the thick cut French fries. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah. Um, that's usually but, what they mean. I but mean, when they yeah. say
0: chips, I think of, you know, potato chips, which are thin and crispy. Well,
1: they're, here's the thing, dad. When I when I say chips, they call French fries, basically French fries is like a McDonald's fry. And when they say chips, they mean like, um, what's it called in, in the U.S.? It's like...
0: Potato wedges?
1: But yeah, it's like damn near a potato wedge.
0: <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, that's, that, there's a like when you say chips in in UK form, you didn't get like some sad Lay's potato chips. You got like no some cool big French fries.
1: Yes, that. that so I'm just saying, I, like like I'm saying, like I would say French fries, but like it was like a British fucking chip. <laughs> um. So. as as such it's covered in like garlic and salt and they've got the chicken on like a hot chicken and they go, okay, well, do you want the the fried onions on top of that? And I was like, no, that no, I want the chicken and the fries. And then they said, okay, well what about the curry sauce? And I was like, you guys are over engineering this. Just give it to me dry. And they were like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and what they handed me was essentially garlic fries and a louisiana hot chicken Uh and i was like yeah i don't you guys seem to misunderstand southern states and mexican cooking but here you've somehow done it perfectly like this is tex-mex right now like i'm eating
0: (laughs) sure it wasn't like nashville hot chicken because that's the No,
1: here's the thing. They still don't really understand spice. So it wasn't as hot as Nashville hot chicken. It was like, (laughs) it was like as hot as the spicy chicken at Popeye's. So
0: Ah, so it was much, it was way more, it was more Cajun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. 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 So uh, I was, I had already finished the chicken and then I was onto the fries. I was just walking around eating the fries in like the downtown area. And so it's like, there's this merchant square and then there's a block off of it. There's like this huge wedding venue and people are like clearly mid wedding. Like uh, there was some drunk chick in like a short dress barefoot. And I was like, it is 36 degrees outside right now. Put some fucking shoes on. Like I was like, she's clearly (laughs) drunk because no human being would be standing barefoot on that concrete right now. If they were not shit-faced so
0: (laughs) you know to interject something from back here like uh the the thursday before christmas the weather here changed in like in the afternoon it was 45 degrees and between like 6 and 7 p.m it dropped to negative 5 degrees so like we lost like 50 degrees in like an hour Mm -hmm. and everything froze solid of course it was raining when this happened so it, yeah. it made the roads quite messy uh they have they were predicting of course we're going to have so much snow it'll be a blizzard but what we got was about a quarter inch of snow and 50 mile an hour winds and negative eight degree temperatures so let's not say it was hospitable outside <laughs> yeah because it was about 40 below wind chill and there was just little ice pellets flying through this through the air mm-hmm. um but well, it, so it, was, if it, it, it was not uh it was not whether where you would go out without shoes or face coverings or you know basically it became like the planet hoth in star wars yeah uh, and um if i had a tauntaun to cut open and, and crawl inside out there then yeah I, you, you would do so i could see why han solo was like cool with just slicing open a beast and and crawling inside for shelter because yeah it, it was it, yeah it was pretty pretty gross yeah yeah
1: i mean like really like that news kind of spread to here and so everybody who heard like even heard we were from america was asking like oh it's really really cold where you guys are from it's like, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that well, it is and to be fair north of us around uh laporte and south bend they did get you know real snow yeah. Um. I think they got like ten inches. So, well, you know, yeah, along with all that that's... wind and and cold, it was it was pretty it was pretty nasty. Out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but with the lake
0: effect, that's kind
1: of par for the course. Like they are always. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very... It was this. It was a standard snowstorm for northern north northwest Indiana.
1: Yeah. But well. So not, the,
0: the non-standard part was how cold it was because it was. I mean, it, it was epically cold and it, yeah and, the, and also how fast it happened that was the weirdest thing I you know I'm 50 and I haven't really ever seen the temperature change that fast I yeah, mean I've the, seen like, it like drop freeze. off during the course of a day but I mean it was like I I, I mean it was it was kind of like wet and cold out there and then suddenly this wind came along and <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy cold
1: Well, I think it's fortunate that you guys had kind of an advanced warning about that because um, 46 degrees is the temperature where I'm like wearing just a sweater outside, like not even a shirt underneath it. So like (laughs) I would have been underprepared.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, my coat had been in the closet since we moved in this house last January, because Even last winter, it never got cold enough for me to throw on a coat. And so I threw on the coat and, um, for the first time in like probably three years (laughs) (laughs) because it was so cold out there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it wasn't like, it wasn't cold here. Actually, London was, was pretty temperate and normal. Like I was good with pretty much just like the, like the coat I brought with me, um, and a single layer underneath it. Um, but Edinburgh and and Glasgow this past week, we were, we were layering up. Like I, I actually didn't layer up while I was in Edinburgh and have been regretting it ever since because I've been kind of sick this week. Um, luckily no COVID, but, um, like, you know, had the runny nose and had to get Sudafed at like on Christmas Eve, mom ran out and got me Sudafed and,
0: so we've been so dealing. So you messed with that, up your but, immunity by not wearing the right clothing.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I went for a hike that morning. Actually, <laughs> like like on the twenty first, I went for a cold morning hike in the mud, and then like like literally as the sun rose, went for a hike, and then I went to with like mom and Joe to Holyrood House, which. Is a beautiful palace. It's a cool tour. Um, I was not wearing more than just a sweatshirt. Um, and it was so cold in the um castle that we were walking through uh and musty and gross that you know, for the next several days, I was like, I feel like Queen Mary put a curse on me. She heard me talking Probably shit. True. Yeah. And Queen Mary, Queen of Scots, invaded my sinuses. And uh, you know, in a way, I deserved it so that's that's on me
0: so 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 you you did the christmas carnival in glasgow and then you got on the night train to london
1: yes and then we spent two uh, well i met mom and joe at the airport in in london london heathrow Um, so did
0: you like go up and tackle them like in love actually
1: no i didn't do a full tackle that would kill them um but (laughs) (laughs) we did i did go hey stranger and do the hug um Cause I'm quirky and cool. And yeah, that was fine. Uh, and then we hopped on the, the subway, uh, because there's like a, a tube stop at London Heathrow and you can just take the subway all the way down into central London. It's like maybe 35, 40 minutes, um, which kind of gave mom and Joe like the looking out the window time to process like oh we are in a new place this is different (laughs) um (laughs) but pretty much the entire time we were there they were like uh wide-eyed reading everything um picking up miscellaneous items and going like look at this um
0: which well was they, cool, do that, actually, they do they but... do that everywhere. I mean, like, you know. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they do that like when they just go to like the grocery store. Like
1: Well, so if you can imagine when we got to Glasgow, we did go to the grocery store cuz I didn't like I would I knew I was going to be gone for like a week and so I made sure my fridge was like not going to stink. Um and which meant there was <laughs> there's no yeah. food in my house. <laughs> so I like little ducklings led them to the the big grocery store in my neighborhood so that we could get provisions and it took a long time (laughs) it was and then you know we got things that we did not need because they were weird and yeah (laughs) so there was so dad you you know there are two foods right that i hate and i feel like you could say them because I, I've t- said plenty of times. Two foods I hate, go.
0: Oh hell, I don't know.
1: One's one's a liquid and one's a solid. Well, semi solid.
0: I'm drawing a blank at the moment.
1: I'm gonna say it and you're gonna go, yeah, okay. Uh Probably. It's, it's coleslaw.
0: Oh yeah, I hate coleslaw. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, and then and then strawberry milk.
0: Oh, is the other one. I didn't know you hated strawberry milk. I, I look, hate strawberry milk. It's, it's nothing gross. we have around. I mean, I never have strawberry milk. So no, because
1: <laughs> who? What monster <laughs> said? You know what this milk needs? Strawberry. Strawberry. What if we took like a kind of shitty ice cream flavor and then hey, m- hey, watered it down? I like right? strawberry
0: ice cream. Strawberry ice cream is the bomb, especially briers with all those big chunks of strawberry in it.
1: What I'm saying is that nobody nobody goes for strawberry 100% of the time. A strawberry is nobody's favorite ice cream.
0: <laughs> well, not even, hear, my, hear me know, out, most of the population nobody, doesn't
1: make the top three. Most of the population I mean, does not make the top three.
0: You know, That's the what thing is, I will have strawberry ice cream any day above coffee, and some people just like cannot survive without I'm not coffee.
1: saying that. I'm saying that if we are talking about ice cream as a sub and we're talking about the flavors in which ice cream is offered. Okay, mm-hmm. top two across the board, most people pleasing flavors: chocolate, yes, vanilla, yeah,
0: and then strawberry. That's why they make the Neapolitan ice cream.
1: I would, I would believe that, but here's me out: mint chocolate chip.
0: Well, I, I understand this, but Rocky like, Road. You know, also, there is the thing where. There's the Neapolitan ice cream, and everyone has dug out the chocolate and the vanilla and just left like a a a, a pier in the middle of the strawberry. There's a pillar.
1: There's a pillar of strawberry.
0: <laughs> so this is how I really started liking strawberry ice cream because, because it was the only one you'd got. Well, I would get the Neapolitan ice cream, you know, mm-hmm. when you guys were little, and of course I would eat a variety of it because I like banana splits, and so just okay. having like a scoop of all three, it kind of. You know, it's not a banana split, but it certainly is something, you know, Mm -hmm. akin to it. Right. (laughs) Sure. But so, you know, you guys would come in there and dig out the chocolate and the vanilla and just leave the pillar of strawberry in the middle. So I ended up like being the strawberry guy just by default because, you know, you guys suck.
1: Well, Um, (laughs) you know what? I blame the strawberries more than I blame myself.
0: (laughs) so, so strawberry milk is not something I've had in a really long time. I think I was probably a teenager the last time I had it. <laughs>
1: I think here's the thing. I might like it now. But I've hated it since I was like 6 and I still really like milk. So there's like like I I just I, I'm very skeptical. I'm I'm open to trying new things. If someone insisted that I drink it, I'm would But I'm not going to, of my own accord, ever drink strawberry milk.
0: I seem to remember like uh, they they made strawberry quick, like, you know, Nestle's quick that like the chocolate additive. Like I like to I like I like chocolate Nestle's quick. So I I believe that at some point I had some strawberry Nestle's quick and and that
1: nobody touched it because.
0: Oh, no, I, I mean, it would have been before you guys like I don't even remember how long ago, but. Um, but you know, the, the, the thing was the more strawberry in it, the better, like strawberry it up kind of like with the chocolate. If you don't put enough in of the Nestle quick, it's like just a little bit wrong. You have to get it really chocolatey before before it works.
1: So I, I, I bring this up purely because, uh, the one item that mom brought home and was like, what, I'm going to like it. I just want to try it was like a pint of strawberry like clotted cream mixture like like literally there's this thick milk right
0: it's not like milk it was like cream
1: well it was it was it was milk and then the cream mixed together into like a thicker milky drink Uh -uh. and then strawberry flavored
0: no and she left that in my fridge that's just like rotten milk if you ask me (laughs) yeah I mean, you know, like heavy cream, I would never drink that. You use it for baking and stuff. Well, so, <laughs> you, you know, people do gravy, drink maybe. it. I, people I don't. do
1: drink it. And I know this because I used to work in a coffee shop and people would come in and ask if they can have heavy whipping
0: cream as their as their. Well, to add to their coffee. I get that. But I'm, I'm not saying like you just don't drink it by itself. It, it goes in something like.
1: Yeah. So like this is like a thick milk. Not and... something
0: to drink on its own. Yeah. So
1: it was like a thick milk and it was strawberry flavored and she left it in my fridge. She only drank half of it. She was like, no, it's good. I'm like, I'm not trying it. You're not going to convince me to try the thing I didn't want you to put in there.
0: You're like, I might try regular strawberry milk just because on a whim, but I'm not trying that because I won't like that cream, even if it was just by itself.
1: Yeah. Without the strawberry in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just, (laughs) and I was like, you know, it's not (laughs) like that was like dominating the grocery store, right? It's just she zoomed in on the weirder items because they're just foreign to her. So I was like, let's not pretend that like all Scottish people are out here drinking that. Like there's no, no. Like
0: this is not a, this is not a Scottish drink. It's not Bailey's Irish cream whiskey. It is just not
1: yeah so well so we you know we we did have that kind of effect so while we were in london um first day i was like all right we got to beat the jet lag a little bit so um i tortured them they came in at like 9 30 or 10 in the morning and i was like all right we have tickets to a show at the globe theater at 2 p.m and then after that we have tickets to the uh churchill war rooms and then after that we hope they slept on the flight sammy Well, see, (laughs) I have a plan. There's a five-hour time difference. You got a fucking hard switch. So what you do is you get there, you exhaust yourself, and then after dinner, you pass out. And it worked. So.
0: The Globe Theater. I want to talk about that because that looked really cool in the pictures you posted on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have follow-up questions or yeah i mean like you know what's what's it i mean so i know that the place is a recreation of the real globe theater that of course you know didn't last in the ages
1: i mean i'm not entirely certain that it's a recreation i'm pretty sure that like there are parts of it that are original they've just restored it so like they moved it and then they restored it yes so it's it's his globe theater they moved it across town at one point they like Did that thing where they put like the building piece by piece and roll it on logs or whatever the fuck? Like I'm pretty sure it was relocated there. Um and it is the it's the original um structure to some degree.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued now. I'm I'm into their uh website. Let's see. History. They have a history section. The globe theater you see today is the third globe theater. The first opened in 1599 by Lord Chamberlain's men. Okay. Uh, that Shakespeare wrote for and part owned, uh, let's see 1613, a fire misfired cannon prop burned the place down. (laughs) Um, and then that then they rebuild it with a tiled roof. And um, it was closed down by parliamentary decree in 1642. Damn. Um, the current um, was constructed in 1990, opened in 1997.
1: Oh, huh. that's the year I was born.
0: Yeah. So it's a complete reconstruction of the original. Okay. Uh, cool. They in 1970 they started building a reconstruction of the original theater and they they wanted to rec- recreate it as uh, accurately as they could but like there were lots of obstacles to getting it done when he he died in 1993 and the queen took over the thing the guy that was doing it was Sam Wanamaker apparently apparently okay. the queen took over the the thing and got it done in 4 years between 93 and 97
1: that makes sense it seems like a heritage project
0: they could have easily done but
1: so basically um after you know, spending like
0: two 20 years trying to build it um the said, government eh, took well. over and <laughs> helped out
1: so yeah so basically it's like it's like a heritage site um and and as such it like looks pretty much exactly like it would have in the Shakespearean era, yeah, 1599. Um, well, so like the,
0: the thing about it that I've always thought was cool, like when I've seen a picture of it and then it, it, it dawned on me when I saw your pictures of it, was mm-hmm. that um, the, is the the way the stage sticks out into the, it's kind of a round like semicircle and the yeah. stage sticks out so you can see like into the sides of the stage really well from if yeah. you're on, if you're seated on one of the sides or whatever. So it seems like it would have good viewing angles and a lot of our you know theaters in america you can't see the sides of the stage at all you only get like a front performance you know front view no matter where you are in the theater
1: yeah so i think it was like the place where we were sitting was technically like a semi-obstructed view but it like only took like 10 pounds off the ticket um they do allow for standing tickets and those are like they're historically priced so the first time i went to the globe i i um, went on my own when I was 18 and I got a, like a standing ticket, um, which was like seven pound 50 at the time. And it's still, it's still around seven 50. Um, so basically you pay like a peasant's amount of money and then you get to go to the Shakespeare globe and see like a world-class theater performance. You just stand the whole time. Um, but so obviously what was, the, what
0: was the show that you saw?
1: We, we didn't see Shakespeare. We saw, it was like a, uh, so basically we were talking about it and we're pretty sure that, um, that the Shakespeare's globe has a children's, um, like basically they do children's programming throughout the year. So they keep a children's show within their playbill. So, uh, we saw the fir tree, which is like a Hans Christian Andersen story that they adapted to stage, um, and then made weirdly kid-friendly it was kind of funny it was like oh this ends with like the fir tree dying and then being um like its corpse being taken in and lit up and put on display in someone's living room that's kind of fucked up and it might freak the kids <laughs> out if we make them love this tree and then we kill the tree in front of them
0: well <laughs> and you know then it'll ruin christmas <laughs> back in the day people weren't pussies Okay. And they, they, they let kids, um, have real experiences because the kids would have real experiences anyway. Yeah. And you might as well make the stories even darker than they, you know, whatever possibly be in real life. So that when the real life shit happens, it's not as bad, Yeah, (laughs) which is why the Grimm brothers existed. Right. Yeah. You know, and all of the ones that have been Disney-fied. Um, yeah, and, so, and made, so th- made nicey-nice when they're not nicey-nice stories if you read the originals. <laughs> yeah,
1: so they made an attempt at making it nicey-nice, and the way they did that made the story preachy. Like It didn't have to be, but it was like they they were like, and then the tree doesn't die!
0: <laughs>
1: There's a point where literally in the script, it describes how you like harvest fir tree like seeds and then plant them (laughs) and it was like do you think that like parents are in the audience going to take notes at this and do it when they get home no it was also (laughs) so so it was very well performed like obviously world-class actors they stood like they had clearly trained professionally as dancers all of the costuming is like made in the traditional fashion of the theater. So this one in particular was clearly like large pieces of plywood that had been carved out to make their costumes so that they looked like various animals. Actually, I think one of them might've been cardboard, but so basically it was a very cool performance. um, But the script was about 15 minutes too long for the children's attention spans.
0: Um, Let's started to get rowdy in there yeah it started to get real rowdy there's a
1: kid in front of me that started hitting my foot and i went hey buddy what's your name and you could see that the child like realized that maybe he wasn't the center of the universe for a second and he goes uh i'm kit i'm like hi kit it's nice to meet you and then he like hides behind his mom and was like yeah maybe you don't hit anything within reach (laughs)
0: well you know we had the um the nieces here um over the holiday and they uh you know being their ages three three and six i believe Mm -hmm. um were um they were they were they were very very excitable and funny and they like to climb right you know um so you know we have to keep them from climbing as much as possible (laughs) we don't want to see any christmas injuries yeah maybe Um, don't don't jump over the couch don't do that you know um and but they were they were so wonderful and it was great to have them and then um you know you and i have our favorite christmas movie which is emma daughter's jug band christmas right and i throw that on and it was instantaneous stopped they put a blanket over themselves and sat on the footstool and watched Cute. <laughs> they were like enraptured. They'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But apparently Emily had read the book version of it to them. Cute. Uh, not long before. So they Very were totally cute. in. And the, the best thing that ever happens, you know, in Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas is when you finally get to the point where they sing Barbecue. Right, mm-hmm. because then we can turn it up and go wild, you know. Yeah, like <laughs> so, there was there was definitely a barbecue jam in the mm-hmm. in the middle of the living room. Cute uh, arms It's interesting and- me.
1: I feel like I've never seen that movie with a child, like in adulthood.
0: Oh yeah, right? Like it's yeah. clearly
1: made for kids, but.
0: Um, I don't think I've ever watched
1: it. it with a kid. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, no. the first time I saw it, I was eight because it, it, it had just come out. It had come out. It was, it, w- it was released in 1980 and, um, and it was released on HBO exclusively. And hmm. um, so every year on HBO for like its first five years of existence, it came out and it played in the month of December. And I would like mark all the times in the schedule when it was going to be on and watch it on every one of them. Cause that was like That's before so VCRs happened and then mm-hmm. I VCR'd it at some point, like an '84 or so, so that I had it. And then it ruined the copy of the tape. I mean, yeah, just I absolutely, absolutely wore it out. I mean, I love that movie. I still do. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, remember the best thing? A couple of years ago, you and I were at uh, Weed Patch in in Brown County, right, mm-hmm. at the music store, and they had a wash tub bass like actually yeah
1: like outside and it was perfectly <laughs> and i remember you going in and you go hey somebody put a hole in the wash tub and the guy behind the counter just like looked at you glazed over for a second
0: <laughs> and then the lady walked out and she was like oh yeah it's did you know that the soundtrack just came out on spotify i was like what, what?
1: yeah <laughs> i remember that and then we listened to it the whole way home
0: yeah and we came in singing all the songs from it and sarah looked at us like we were nuts
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> a good soundtrack.
0: Yeah. You know, in money.
1: our world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so last night at Open Stage, Jeremy Crumbaugh actually sang um in our world at, oh, on the stage. Oh my god. Yeah. It was cool. It was kind of like a Bob Dylan version.
1: That like, he th- did it uh, like
0: folky. That you know?
1: song at least once a year gets me to the point where I'm crying like like because like it just starts in and if it hits me in the right moment like that line like we're closer now than ever before i just like i feel it i'm like oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) that song's amazing right i I mean (laughs) what's crazy is like all of the songs in that movie are amazing they're just like they're gems like Mm. Paul Williams completely outdid himself you know what I'm saying
1: (laughs) you know it's funny I like I I feel like I was mentioning this to someone the other day like I am surprisingly not much of a Muppets person and you know it's it's weird that like one of the few like celebrity run-ins I've had is is that I actually know a guy who's worked on like Muppet stuff uh a lot but like what it's so weird that like if anyone asked me anything about the Muppets I probably wouldn't know much about it but if it's Emmett Otter (laughs) just like like this year has been a really big Muppets Christmas Carol season for whatever reason like this year it had a comeback or whatever Uh and I, I would, um, Emmett Otter is my Muppets Christmas Carol. Like, I would yeah, watch Emmett that Otter's way better than. I mean, I love, I, I
0: love Carol. Muppets Christmas Carol. It's really good. Oh, but, I do
1: too. It's great. But it's like on the same level as Elf for me. And Emmett Otter is just like.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, it, Emmett Otter's just better. That's what it is. It's just so
1: much, it's just so much more powerful to me. It's so good.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, we're not, um, Like, you know, the thing about like a Muppets Christmas Carol or the most of the Muppet movie things, they're like tongue in cheeking everything. And it's like a parody, right? Like, and, and that's, and that's the, the charm of it. Like the Muppet show was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and mostly I loved the guys, you know, the judges that were up on the balcony. Yeah. because they were like they were like me having sarcastic comments about everything that was happening in the show because yeah. it was it, you know it's like everything's over the top parody cheesy right? Yes, and they're me? up there yeah. just like <laughs> you know kind of cutting into everybody like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like bringing it back to earth you know yeah. and they're great in the Muppets Christmas Carol because they play you know. Well, I mean, Jacob Marley and his "quote unquote" brother that doesn't exist in the real Christmas Carol story. But, yeah, but they needed an extra character so that they could both be that, um, yeah. which which was wonderful. Um, but you know, this year's best Christmas Carol thing is obviously Spirited. I mean, that's not even like, I, and I think that's I why- I did finally
1: knows. watch it, by the way. You you recommended it to me like two weeks ago and I finally did watch it one Well, night. good afternoon. <laughs> well, good afternoon to you too.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the best? <laughs> what I loved about it,
1: you know what actually kicked it over for me was I-
0: I wonder if we have to put explicit on here if we say good afternoon. Does that... well, we were
1: gonna do that anyway.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if we just said that if it would
1: <laughs> probably not. No. Well, now it would um, be.
0: I mean, because everybody, no. the cat's
1: out of the bag. Yeah. So, uh, the advertisements for that film are like actually what kind of uh, because you were t- talking about Muppets Christmas Carol. It has that like front of facing, like making fun of itself thing going on with all of the ads that I was fed on Instagram, because it was like, um, a lot of the promos for it were like, oh, there's one where where it was like, someone was interviewing Will Ferrell and they were like, Ryan Reynolds says like, come on, man, they're going to expect it to be elf. And Will Ferrell had to go like, okay, guys, it's not Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Spirited. It's not Elf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, whoever did that marketing strategy really knocked it out of the park. Because well, I mean, Ryan definitely... Reynolds.
0: Uh, Ryan Reynolds is like one of the funniest dudes ever. Like, there's yeah. just no doubt about it. And like the 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 thing that's it's kind of shocking because he played all these serious things, mm-hmm. you know like halfway serious, even if they were romantic comedies, like he never really went full comedian until he did Deadpool. And yeah. then you realize, well, shit, this guy's as funny as anybody I've ever seen, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and uh, honestly, a few of his like only half comedy stuff, like did not, <laughs> did not age well. Like watching, um, what was it? I think it was like best friend or something. Friends? Best friends. Just friends. That thing yeah. aged horribly. And honestly, like rewatching it, I was like, "Was this this bad then?" Like, yeah, it's like a like it was a fat so- <laughs> suit movie.
0: Yeah, that... the start of it is like, yeah, he's in a fat suit and he gets skinny and now he's like, you know, he was like, he was well. Also, the lame premise of he was rejected because he was a fat guy, you yeah. know, which is like, which is one of those tropes that's just stupid, right? Yeah. Like. I know this because I'm a fat guy. And, um, like, that was never really an issue. Like, for no, and honestly, you know, what was it's really like, weird it, about it was you like, you know, when you're a fat guy, if there are girls that don't like fat guys, you don't like them. Like, no. <laughs> like if, if they just instantly don't like you because you're fat, then you instantly don't like them because they're skinny little bitches. Not, not because of, you know, anything to do with you know so you don't have a crush on them or have some friendship with them because if they don't like fat guys they don't like you
1: yeah (laughs) at all well like it also is really weird and presumptive to think that like someone would want a fat best friend but not want a fat guy like that's not true like if you're weird about fat people you're weird about fat people and that's just that
0: (laughs) yeah i mean if you're you know it's the same uh, if you're weird against any kind of, you know, category of people. You're going to yeah. not be around them. You It's not going to be a, you know.
1: Yeah. Like, it's not going like, to
0: be a thing where you reject them because of that at the last minute.
1: Yeah. It's you like, know? oh, I've suddenly decided that, yeah. I can't well, be with I, you because
0: you're big. I mean...
1: oh but you can hang out with me all the time and and flirt with me in conversation but you're not attracted to fat people okay (sighs) yeah so well and honestly it's like you know it's just it was a silly and horrible premise watching it was very cringy and like then he turns into the like douchey hot guy and you're just watching it thinking man everything about him is really undermined by the weirdly horribly written fat phobic first half of this like it just doesn't
0: well, work. Uh, so that but then you know also the like the girlfriend that's like the singer that can't sing yeah and she's just like that actually was funny to me because yeah. it was like she absolutely positively was horrible right yeah. and And it it was a total parody of like the way people think pop stars just make it because they're pretty or whatever. And they have no talent at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's a trope (laughs) that isn't really true Mm -hmm. because if you sang as bad as her, it wouldn't wouldn't matter how pretty you were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there, there may be pop stars you don't like, and you think they have no talent. but they can't they don't sing like that i mean well and (laughs) they don't make you like want to cover your ears and run i mean come on that's (laughs) yeah
1: and there are people who oh i don't know if i've ever told you about this do you know who daniel johnston is no okay so when i was in college um i you know spent maybe a few years on the college radio station and because of that there's like, uh, there's a demo, like, there's a subcategory of alternative indie underground music that is played on college radio stations. Full stop. That's what it is. It's like, would you like to listen to some stuff you've never heard of before? It's like YOLA Tango, Daniel Johnston. Um, we had a lot of guided by voices on there. Like, it was just, it was stuff that nobody really listens to outside of college radio. And if they do, they probably were involved with and, or currently work on a college radio station. So, um, we, yeah, so we did programming with a lot of pre-designed playlists that someone else put together. And then it would be like you intro the song and it basically does itself. You're just announcing it. Um, except I very quickly learned how to edit the playlists because there was a lot of Daniel Johnston on there and I hate Daniel Johnston's voice. It like grates on my brain in a way that I cannot help. It's like coleslaw to me. I just, there's no way I'm going to like it. Let's just assume I don't like it. Let's not play it around me. And it was maybe two or three years until I really had to like, confrontationally say that to somebody I was friends with because later down the road I had a lot of friends who were in like the indie music scene and I'd say that and it was like I was having the same conversation on loop because a documentary exists called The Devil and Daniel Johnston and it's about that particular album that he wrote that had a cult following kurt cobain loved it or whatever the fuck. and you know daniel johnston had some like mental health issues and it's about his heartbreaking story and and the music that he wrote because of it and so every single time i'd say hey man can we not play daniel johnston in my car while i'm driving was this the album
0: artistic voice Vice, artistic vice
1: I know the album? I don't know,
0: man. I'm like looking him up now because I've never heard of Daniel Johnston.
1: Is it like, is it like a little hand drawn doodle cover? No. Okay.
0: Um, anyway. The, the hand hand drawn doodle cover is something called Frankenstein Love Live.
1: Okay. I think it's yeah. So that
0: could regardless, be regardless. It, it's from ninety two.
1: Regardless.
0: Cobain died in ninety four, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: That could be it.
1: So regardless, this documentary comes out about him. All of these people who already like Daniel Johnston watch the documentary. And then every single time I'm having the same conversation, which is, um, hey, could we not play that? I don't like Daniel Johnston. And then like clockwork, every single time they go, oh, well, have you seen the documentary, The Devil and Daniel Johnston? (laughs)
0: and your answer was
1: no matter how sad someone's life story is that doesn't make me like his voice
0: (laughs) okay so i have to hear his voice i'm sorry (laughs) she takes off her headphones I think I found someone who could cover Bob Dylan and sound authentically Bob Dylan.
1: That doesn't sound like a compliment. Was it's it meant as a compliment?
0: compliment? No. Bob Dylan has no voice and neither does this guy. He sounds like...
1: It sounds grating.
0: Yeah, he's got like a edge to his voice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the last time I really listened so to that... That's why
0: people like him, though, because he sounds like Bob Dylan.
1: Well, I understand why people like him. I just would like to be respected <laughs> for not... <laughs> like
0: well maybe if, if i say i don't like songs something. for you then you'd like him like maybe this is the I thing think- like bob dylan's songs are amazing and if people cover them which they do in spades uh, all the covers of bob dylan's songs are pretty good like so i'm gonna somebody else put it singing. out
1: there to anybody who's listening that might have any sort of influence if boni ver did a cover of that daniel johnston album i would bon listen to it
0: boni ver can sing anything though
1: if if uh, you know what, if Father John Misty did a cover of that album, I would listen to it.
0: Bailey wants Bon Iver to cover jo- <laughs> to,
1: Daniel Johnston.
0: <laughs> to cover Daniel Johnston.
1: I do. Are you writing that down so that you can do it as the Twitter poll or whatever?
0: Uh, no, uh, well, that would be good. Who should cover Daniel Johnston's songs and make them actually sound good? Bon Iver.
1: father john misty adele adele i would ooh adele would be interesting (laughs) yeah because i you know i don't mind the background stuff like you could keep the the other parts of it like
0: it's (laughs) poor daniel johnston is getting a beating here on the show today listen i'm
1: not here to beat him down he is very you know i very popular
0: apparently he has millions of views on plays on spotify so
1: yeah yes Mm -hmm. so it's just it's one of those things i don't like very much um and i would equate that to the bad singing in just friends
0: um now that said (laughs) you know what is a similar um just Friends singing let, let me be clear the singing in just friends is way way worse so worse (laughs) so bad
1: well so the funny thing about ryan reynolds i think is that he then pivoted from just friends to the proposal which very similar characters way better script (laughs) Uh,
0: well not even similar characters i mean he isn't like a, a douchey hot guy he actually really likes her you well, know?
1: he is a douchey hot guy, um, but he I mean, does like her genuinely, except for the part where she is a douchey hot girl. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, she, but asshole, but she right? she's actually an asshole because she's has insecurity, which is the, like I think that's oh. like uh, like the proposal's a really great movie. I mean, in terms of its depth, because it like it actually explores people's inner feelings. Yeah. You know? I mean, I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't call it insecurity. I think that it's a protective front. Like she like it, it it's almost a commentary on women in leadership roles. Like it was one of the first female characters in a position of power where they really started to address the hey, you can't call someone a bitch be- because they're a woman who's in charge of you. Um
0: Yeah, but- I mean, the, the that was I mean, part of that, but also she was um very like you know she was there there are times when she gets really vulnerable and talks about you know how uh, after he called her all that stuff in front of everyone she went into the bathroom and cried you know (laughs) and it's like uh,
1: we all been there have you ever cried in a workplace bathroom
0: no but i've been so mad i've broken the workplace bathroom
1: well (laughs) i would say it's probably Uh, my reaction is a little different
0: yeah. My reactions are a little different. I don't, I don't necessarily, I get, I get mad and I don't get like sad. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I mean, I get so mad I cry sometimes. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've been, I've been Rarely now, work, but. You know, in a work situation so mad that I needed to leave. Like.
1: <laughs> Actually, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because that's definitely why I disappear <laughs> from certain family situations. <laughs>
0: You're like, I just get so angry. I just, I have to leave because I I, I don't want to do anything that will be permanently on my record. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time,
1: uh, I, you know, I don't really need to specify the occasion, but I can tell you is August of 2021, uh, where I walked out of a family home and stood in a cornfield for a while and just like, (sighs) Like rage stared at the corn. And then one of the neighbors came out and says, In Muncie, and he goes, You okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, no, I'm not. I'm actually one of the children of the corn. And uh, Malachi <laughs> sent me to fuck you up, buddy.
1: Imagine you see someone staring into the corn with rage in their heart. And then you say, You okay? And they just turn at you like,
0: it would've been really cool if you had like some of those red contact lenses and you yeah. just like turned and you had red eyes.
1: <laughs> well, and I was, uh, you like, know, I, like I was the ones that
0: make it like wrong red. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. not, not like, a <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like the demon Actually, it must've been August
1: 2020, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking
0: about. Yeah. You, you, you if you, if you had those, it would've been the perfect moment to like quickly throw them in your eyes and turn. I, yeah.
1: I Unfortunately, I don't have colored contacts just to freak people out on me at all times.
0: <laughs> well, at the at the moment when I'm angry, I pull out my colored red contact lenses yeah. and throw them in just to add to the effect.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. if I were to get colored red contact lenses, I'd get the ones that like cover all of your eye. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, make Where you the... have like
0: a red cat's eye or something. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a like the whole electric thing. blue cat's eye, which is even freakier, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I saw recently a, a CSI episode where like a kid had in those contact lenses when he, you know, mm-hmm. was doing his criminal activity and they were creepy as fuck. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it didn't end well for him, but.
1: Well, because it was an episode of CSI. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know um csi criminal minds often things don't end well for the criminals in those shows mm-hmm. that's true um, so you did the uh, you know w- w- I'm, I'm trying to circle back to the london so you did globe theater which we covered and yeah. you know we talked we... about christmas movies and stuff but um w- what happened after uh that did you do any other did you do big ben in parliament like you promised um,
1: well so we did see it from outside they look um, because kids,
0: big men parliament. Did I
1: did. Nobody awesome. acknowledged it. Um, and then I love
0: that. I don't care if they acknowledge it or not. It happened.
1: So, uh, and then we went to the Churchill War Rooms. Um, which I, I was about to go. I don't know if you've ever been to the Churchill War Rooms, but I know you haven't. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have not. You've
1: never been to London. I have not. So, um. Do you, are you familiar with the Churchill war rooms?
0: Not really. No. So
1: during world war two, uh, yeah, there was this I, little, I know, I know who Winston the, Churchill was called the London blitz. Uh, and it's when Germany was bombing the living shit out of London for a while. Yep. Um, and because of that, Churchill was like, okay, one of those really damaged the infrastructure of, uh the down number nine down or Downing 10, street, 10 right. Downing number street. 10 Downing street. Um, and because of that, they had to do like a whole runo thing because the, one of the bombs hit the general vicinity of 10 Downing street and Churchill was like, you know, I, I think it would probably be pretty bad if I died in a bombing, maybe we should build a bomb shelter where I can work and live and eat and sleep. And so he, and all of his like war people, built a series of bunkers underneath um, one of the buildings in downtown London. And uh, that's where most of them lived for like the majority of the war. Um, And it's still basically in pristine condition from how it was left at the end of the war. Like, um v-day came in and they literally just went wait this is over okay and they left their desks and closed the door behind them and then a whole bunch of researchers came in later and they were like holy shit it's in mint condition down here um which by mint condition i mean kind of fucking gross because a whole bunch of people lived underground for (laughs) like months on end years (laughs) years on end Yes. Well, no, they did come out um, every year or so, like a groundhog or something. Well,
0: Um, they also had a couple of summits. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, and honestly, what was really fucked up about it was like, so there were several like secretary women who did go like years on end without seeing the sun. (laughs) Um, And... They had like they lived there and did transcription work. And then they went in this thing called the docks, uh, which was like a bunker below the bunker where they had carved beds into stone rock and then put shitty little hay mattresses in there. Um, So when you wanted to go to sleep, you had to climb down its terrifying little ladder and crawl into your little crypt bed. Um, And then they showed you where Winston Churchill's underground bed was and it was at like the normal level of rooms and it had like a bed frame and was twice as thick as the shitty little mattresses they gave to the typists. And then on the audio tour, they were like, and Churchill only slept in this bed three times total over the war effort because he didn't like sleeping underground. And you're a little bit like, but he asked the typists to do it. (laughs)
0: yes so
1: and I'm sure they were were like well I don't want to get bombed so
0: the typists I mean there were hundreds of them because there were no like computers so everything got typed and duplicated well
1: for the Mm -hmm. war room specifically there was about eight
0: yeah but they did all
1: live in one room and sleep in shifts so
0: yeah and they had to type up every little thing because that's yes yeah
1: yeah constantly yes yeah Um, and then there was also the, you know, the map room, which was really cool because you could still see like the pinholes where they were tracking like German U-boats in the North sea. Um, and then, um, they had like all of the, it was like candy paint coated telephones lined up in a row. And, um, they called the people who worked in the map room, the pretty boys. Wow because they lived in the only room with air conditioning and were surrounded by colorful telephones and the reason the colorful telephones were there was because they were color-coded by country it was literally so you could tell who was calling um on a direct line yeah
0: nice so that was that sounds like a cool adventure yeah
1: it was cool um, it was like one of those things where you were a little bit like, and this is just here. So,
0: <laughs> so then you went to see Mary queen of Scots up in Edinburgh.
1: Well, we went and saw Holyrood palace, um, which is it's, it's where Mary queen of Scots lived for a time. It's also where most of the Stuarts lived. Um, and like, like the Scottish Stuart dynasty was there. So um, I, then- I saw
0: this movie, a castle for Christmas, that uh, was on netflix um over the holiday and it had uh Dun dunbar castle okay as the central character because <laughs> i mean it was a castle for christmas
1: one second let me um, i don't even know where where that is i don't know if that's a real
0: i don't know if that's a real castle Dun,
1: dunbar castle is a real castle yes
0: um it's yeah.
1: in it is in scotland it is a fortress Fuck off Wikipedia. Um, if you're listening to this and you have a few spare dollars to donate to Wikipedia on my behalf, by all means, do that.
0: Um, Actually I'm reading here and it says, although there was a very believable black story told in the film, the castle is not real. Dun Dunbar castle is just a fictional castle created for the movie in real life. There is a Dunbar castle. But not Dun Dunbar. But it's no longer Oh,
1: Dun Dunbar. There's two Duns. That's weird.
0: Yeah. Okay. So like they used
1: I was like, that's just uh, south of Edinburgh. I think. No, north. North of north of Edinburgh.
0: Yeah, this place is in Edinburgh and it's uh the the one they used for the castle is called Dalamy House, the actual
1: Dallamy yeah, House, okay. Yeah, yeah it was I was the manor home dry. of the
0: Earl and Countess of Rosebery, but okay. so it was filmed there. But there was actually a Dunbar Castle in Scotland.
1: Yes, exists. so that's I, I was like that sounds familiar. I know it exists. It's it's near Edinburgh. Yeah, it's like, yeah.
0: So they made up a fictional castle for the use of this movie, so and like
1: then just added an extra D-U-N to an actual. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: but so the movie was really good, and it was I actually filmed in Edinburgh. So Edinburgh. Well, it's spelled Edinburgh.
1: Okay. (laughs) If it was Borough
0: it would be spelled differently. It would be B O U R Yeah. Hey Dad. There would be an extra O in it. Hey Dad. Yeah. No. You can't spell it Edinburgh and then pronounce it Edinburgh because it doesn't make Um,
1: sense. Um I'm sorry, do you speak English? I do. Are you are you aware that sometimes people are not words in English? Are you aware that sometimes words in English are not spelled phonetically?
0: Well, no, they're not. But that doesn't mean that that's not a stupid way to pronounce it. It's kind of like when they try to say Pulaski County and it's Pulaski.
1: If you (laughs) if you really want to mince words on here, um, the pronunciation of Edinburgh as it is Edinburgh um, is older than the structure of Berg, which is Germanic. So,
0: well, they shouldn't spell it that way then. Well, they do don't spell B-O-R-O. it Germanically.
1: They're spelling it from a Celtic. Okay, never mind. We're not. We're not mincing. E d i n
0: b o r o would be Edinburgh.
1: I can't wait until you come to Scotland and people tell you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. I'm. I'm, l- I'm literally
1: just correcting you because I have so many people who would be like, "No, fuck you! Absolutely fucking not, American <laughs> asshole!" Like.
0: I'm not being an American asshole. I'm oh, actually you're pronouncing it the it's way it's spelled. It's their city. <laughs> well, then they should spell their it right city. if they want to pronounce it that way. Dad. What?
1: Stop. <laughs> you come from a place that pronounces Notre Dame, Notre Dame.
0: Well, it is pronounced Notre Dame because it's, no, it's, it's spelled.
1: No, it's spelled using French phonetics.
0: Mm, it's Notre Dame.
1: Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. We don't speak in French. In okay,
1: English but you're in using country. French words, but <laughs> you.
0: Well, we say souffle also.
1: Yeah, you do.
0: Yeah, and French fries.
1: French fries?
0: Yeah, French.
1: Okay, so hold on. Do you think French. that the English word for French... Is a French word just because it's French?
0: <laughs> Do I actually think that? No. Am I making okay. fun of it? Yes.
1: Are you Are you being uh, like? Are you being an <laughs> asshole for yeah. for kicks? Okay. Okay. Can we move I mean, on?
0: Come on, Bailey. <laughs> Get with the program here. God. Uh. Okay. So Edinburgh. Which I would still call Edinburgh, just because I, I, it's ingrained in me. Um,
1: well, it's more like the Gh is. It's not. It's not like it's burra. It's like it's like the Gh is just not pronounced. Like it's not a Edinburgh? hard G. It's a yeah. It's like Edinburgh. <laughs> it's a soft <laughs> Gh, is what I'm saying.
0: Hmm. So should it be Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh,
1: Pittsburgh it doesn't have an H at the end, so no.
0: <laughs> uh, if they throw the H on the end,
1: then it would be Pittsburgh,
0: huh? Pittsburgh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to speak Celtic. Okay, uh, nor I, mean,
1: I, but you know,
0: I should learn it. You know, because I just don't want to. I do have Scottish have in me, these, so there's actually Scotland blood running through, coursing through these veins.
1: How how diluted is it, though?
0: Not that diluted, actually. Uh, You know, British and Scottish are my main things. Yeah. I'm over 70% British and Scottish.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, that makes sense because you have like a royal line in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and then on the other side of my family is they're Felton's. And so there's a lot of the same kind of stuff. Yeah. So Shelton's and Felton's, you know.
1: doubled down, man. Yeah. Elton's, man. They got you.
0: I mean, wouldn't it be great if I had some Elton in me? Elton John? Man, that guy. He's good. He's much better than Jan- Daniel Johnston. No offense to Daniel Johnston, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, if I had the, the option you know, of having n- Daniel Johnston in me or Elton John in me,
0: yeah. Maybe, maybe Elton could... Cover some Daniel Johnston.
1: Yeah, I feel like Elton's kind of above doing covers of other people. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know that he is actually.
1: I mean, if he yeah. really, really loved it, I could see him doing whatever he wanted. But I don't think that. <laughs> That's totally. I don't uh, think you could really convince there, him Sir that Elton doing can a cover do would be good wants. for his career. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, Sir Elton's not worried about his career at this point. The their career has been handled. Yeah. He can play whatever the <laughs> fuck he wants.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, if I were Elton John, I certainly wouldn't be concerned about my career. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> my career could go down the tubes. What?
1: The second someone did a biopic of me, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm pretty good on this. I mean, I can do whatever I want.
0: So. I do whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to go out and do some fucking show tunes. You know, know, whatever. I'm going to do whatever I'm I want. I'm
1: alive, and they made the movie about my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive, and they did it. <laughs>
1: Look at Elvis. He had died like, you know, a long fucking time decades ago. Dude, there's
0: way more than one Elvis biopic. Let's just get well, that clear. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. But um, you know, I i, I don't I, I think there's only one Elton John biopic, but there's plenty of Elvis. I mean Yeah. Well. You know, good old Elvis.
1: Elvis mania, man. I can't believe Grandma was a fangirl. Granny.
0: Granny? Oh my god. Yeah. What are you talking about? I can totally believe Granny was a fangirl.
1: Well, yeah, but you've seen like Elvis gyrate his hips and women like scream crying. And it's yeah. weird to imagine Granny having that reaction to anything.
0: Well, but Dad was also a, an Elvis fanatic. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the weird thing is I've never really seen them truly like excited excited. Like they don't they're not very um they don't shout for the happy reasons. Is what I'm saying. I do.
0: I've, I've definitely seen that granny, um, granny really likes dancing. Like I, I know she's like 83 and can't do that anymore, but, um, right. She like made me do, um, two-step classes back in when I was in college. Cause she really wanted to learn how, and it was a big trend because of Billy Ray Cyrus, um, and achy, breaky heart. And Isn't, so how,
1: how much, how long can it really take to learn two steps? Isn't it just,
0: well, dancing the two step, the Texas two step with like a partner is, you know, is actually, oh, uh, oh there's a Texas two step. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Like, w- and we, we did it like, um, m- mom and I could do it like actually at my, uh, wedding to your mom, um, my, our father, daughter, our father, uh, mother dance,
1: mother, son dance,
0: mother, son dance, that mother, son dance became uh, a, a two step situation. So we did the whole thing.
1: Dad, I would love to see that. I would also have loved to know that before right now.
0: Oh, you've never mentioned
1: the Texas two-step to me. There's a video
0: of our wedding somewhere. Um, Okay, Well,
1: you said you send me the Texas two-step video and I will watch it.
0: uh, Well, you know, it may be sometime when you come here and help me dig through the closet of VHS tapes and pull out the thing so I can make a copy.
1: That sounds awful
0: because <laughs> I don't have a, I, I'm positive. I don't have a digital copy of that, but I do have a copy of it somewhere.
1: Okay. Well,
0: so, you know, that's that something like I watch, project. you know, yeah, I, I did get I divorced. Mean, so watching the uh, first wedding is not something that just comes popping out. There is no film of my second wedding. So because yeah. we did not record it on purpose, mm-hmm. but you know, okay the first one I, there's full video coverage in fact there's a produced video of it that <laughs> you can watch <laughs> not just the wedding but the reception and the whole th- the whole thing it's like a documentary
1: i'm still very excited to do the camcorder home video of sharon sean's wedding in june
0: cool you could it's documentary gonna... it like i did our our first wedding. and there's also uh one from christmas of 92 Mm -hmm. that we did like a documentary (laughs) style of of christmas well
1: so that's what i was thinking about oh during sorry i almost broke everything um so during the you know how there's the ceremony and then immediately after during family portraits there's like the cocktail hour Mm -hmm. i want to do the office style confessionals
0: Oh, you mean the um, the uh, you know uh, real world style confessionals? Yeah, actually.
1: I want to do real world confessionals.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, during the, the cocktail the real,
0: hour. Real world is where that started, not the office.
1: Okay. Well, I wasn't around for real world, so. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Bailey,
0: you should go back and watch the Real World, like the original. And, okay. and the first three seasons of the real world are fucking great. It was like yeah, it the first
1: really fun, actually,
0: dude. It was the first um, like uh, reality show like, well,
1: I love crap TV. So like that sounds actually. Quite oh,
0: yeah. Fun. And they and they were really they were really good because like the, the first season into the first couple of seasons, they hadn't figured out to kind of script it yet. Like, so yeah. it, there was a lot of real stuff happening between the people, <laughs> 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 you know, like, yeah. you know, now you know, reality shows are, you know, it's it's like bullshit. That didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah. Somebody made that, they, they, they put this scenario together to produce this show. They didn't like actually just film people and then, you know, cherry pick pieces of video to put together. They, they right. actually made this shit happen that they, they, yeah. they, they engineered this situation, you know, but in yeah. the, the first couple seasons of the real world, they really did just follow them around with cameras and then edit together a show.
1: That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. So I will do that. That sounds fun. Um, but yeah, so I want to do like a real world style confessional, right. Where like right after the wedding, I like sit down someone down at the cocktail bar and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> out of 10, what would you rate the ceremony? And then I'm going to be like, all right, so tell me your favorite part and your least favorite part.
0: So like I had cameramen at, at our wedding. Right. And so right. like we had, uh, Kathleen was one of the camera people. And uh-huh. af, af, at the reception, she's asking people to give us advice. Ooh, right. Okay. Cute. Okay. And it goes to up to my dad and it puts him on the camera and is like, you know, do you have any advice for the couple? And he says, well, they're on their own. <laughs> 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 have I told you
1: the last and then It goes or... up to, it
0: goes up to Don Terry. And he says, you can lead a horse to water, but drowning one's a real bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to do that. That sounds great, actually. Um, so I also, uh, <laughs> so I remember the last conversation I really had with Grandpa Jim um, was he was sitting at grandma, granny's table, and it was like a family event thing. And. He he looks at me, he grabs me, he, he like beckons me to come talk to him. I'm like, hey, Grandpa, how are you? Hug. And then he goes, I'm good. You got a boyfriend? And I go, oh, I actually, I, I just recently broke up with him. And he goes, good. Don't ever get married. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> and then I remember saying, well, you're in your wife's house right now. <laughs>
0: With your girlfriend?
1: <laughs> no, Kay wasn't there.
0: Oh, she um, wasn't there. That's one.
1: <laughs> and he just kind of like shrugged. Well, yeah. What can I say? That's my advice.
0: That's true. Uh, he never brought his girlfriend over to his wife's house. That that no. that didn't that wouldn't have worked out. But they they no. did get together in other places.
1: Yeah, I mean, she was around at like Thanksgiving and stuff for a few years. And yeah. then she you know likely was like wow there's a lot of arguing here
0: well i mean yes but they they were you know um they had they had their own interesting marriage where they didn't live together for the last 25 years 30 years no.
1: yeah <laughs> um, but but again if you've decided to work out this 25 year not living with your wife thing i don't know that you should really be handing out like
0: marital advice well marital I mean, his advice. advice that that was that was what was basis for his marital advice <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's
1: why I'm telling you.
0: For him, marriage recommend. was forever, regardless as to how it goes. Like, they didn't get divorced, yeah. he wouldn't get divorced, even though he was divorced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: yeah well, and honestly, I think that that maybe uh, contributes to it. Like, he also, I remember one Thanksgiving, he looked at me and he goes, Well, how much do you pay for tuition in the that school over there? Because, uh, you know, we all went to Ball State. And I told him how much my, my semester tuition was right and then i told him how much it was after scholarships and then he goes did i ever tell you i went to ball state and i was like no i didn't know that you graduated college and he goes oh i didn't graduate and i was like okay and he goes no I, I took a semester and then i decided to drop out and you know i think it was like work for the postal office or something he was like ah, no, i just no, figured it was a better Colon- use of my time
0: that, that dad uh, went to ball state for uh like a year and then went uh to colonial bakery and was a bread delivery driver before he got drafted into the army.
1: Yeah. So he told mm-hmm. me, he was like, yeah, I only went for a year and then I dropped out and I became blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you know how much tuition was when I went there? He goes, $364 a semester. Mm-hmm. And I was like, stop talking to me right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was like, in the 1950s. And you dropped so. out? <laughs> Yeah, it, it was in the 1950s. And then he he did get drafted after he dropped out. He got drafted into the army because you were eligible for the draft if you weren't in college. So, oh. um, okay. because, you know, they don't have a draft anymore, but they did back then. And he got conscripted into the army and had to serve two years in the, in the army um, and barely got out before his whole unit went to Vietnam, except for him. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, he, um, uh, was the, um, he was in charge of all ration breakdown, which is like all of the food and supplies Mm -hmm. at the base in Fort Devens, Massachusetts. Right. And so he would be the last one to get shipped with the unit because of that. And Mm -hmm. his out date happened before they, uh, got a chance to ship him off. He would have had to stay in an extra year if he got shipped out.
1: And it'd be in Vietnam.
0: Yeah, a tour in Vietnam, and so they, the um he got he got shipped out before having to go in 1962. So that's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, you know, think about this: that I wasn't born until seventy two. And if he goes to Vietnam, like everything changes, right? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. well,
1: I was doing the math there. I was like, and it would have just been me not existing. So thank you, (laughs) U.S. Army.
0: (laughs) Thank you for letting him out and letting us exist. Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, yeah, we, uh, the the whole course of his, uh, of his life would have been different regardless as to whether he lived through Vietnam or not.
1: Yeah. That would have Um, probably um, drastically changed his life expectancy, too, because people uh, who went to Vietnam very frequently had problems with like... uh, Other problems, yeah,
0: because they were exposed to all sorts of things. Yeah. 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 That
1: was in in college. I had a professor of Vietnamese history because it was one of my honors electives. And um, he didn't mention... Like he mentioned at the outset that he was like a Vietnam vet. Um, but most of the course was about Vietnamese culture and history. Um, so it was maybe three fourths of the way through the year before we even touched on the Vietnam War. And then he like, you know, he rarely talked or used his hands in front of us. And then he just like put them out and you could see that they were like swollen and like constantly shaking. Um and he was like, Yeah, so that's the napalm. I can't feel that at all. And when I do it hurts. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, you know. With the napalm, you were actually blessed if it landed on you instead of near you. Because then you'd just die rather than... (laughs) Because then you just burn to death, right? Which is better than having it land near you and surviving all that pain for 50 years.
1: Well, and really, mm -hmm. it it, it didn't even land near him necessarily. It was like the way he was stationed in Vietnam. He was um, exposed to the area adjacent to where the napalm had been dropped right like even if, i think it was like he was in the zone a solid 6 months to a year after the initial like outbreak but it just it sticks around and like poisons yeah,
0: the land yeah that stuff's bad it's bad bad, bad. it's
1: like yeah. it, honestly war crime to drop that that's fucked up well
0: so. they they didn't know the after effects of it but uh, right. when they when they did it they they were just trying to burn down the vegetation yeah like so that you know they could so that they could stop the (laughs) wow um so they could stop people from being able to hide as well you know yeah so um so i i it's at this point that i have to transition and say that you know if the people have been waiting around for any gilmore girls walkthrough it's not happening today because i've been watching christmas shit and, I, and
1: I have been traveling and have not watched any of it at all. So
0: yeah, so we, I watched all kinds of Christmas stuff. I've watched, I watched every one of the 2022 Hallmark um, Christmas movies um, that came out. I love them so much. Um, I, know, I know you do. I know we we did the uh, a couple of the great American Christmas ones, and they just got too. I mean, too bad. Like yeah, really. It, it was kind of sad to me because, um, some of them were just, I, I, you can tell they were thrown together and mm-hmm. like people really like, you know, a lot of those actors and things don't deserve how badly they put together their movies. <laughs> like, and, and, and the people that were putting them together don't deserve that to be on their resume because they had to obviously collaborate together to get it done in time, because mm-hmm. there's no way that people leave some of the things in those movies that they left. If. Um, if they They had enough time to do them properly. And so, you know, you're up against movies that are polished and well done and just janky weird plot, you know, it's kind of like an elf, you know, how, like the last page of the book was torn out or not printed. And he was like, well, who cares if they know the end of the story? Right. Well. that that same kind of uh, mindset seems to have crept into the GAC (laughs) Christmas movies because they would have like the oddest plot jumps that would happen and it's like oh it feels like something was just missing there I wonder Mm -hmm. if they didn't film something and (laughs) we just had like a you know an instant jump to some other place and we're like what what just happened like you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that happened in like two different ones and I was just like what, what did you like? Not write a section of the plot. I don't quite understand mm-hmm. how we got here, and like back it up and watch it again and go. Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Like no, they're just they didn't tell us how we like suddenly got to here. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> well,
1: and so I've been reading a lot more, um, because I'm trying to read more, and I'm also writing more, um, which is partially also why I've been reading more. And, uh, what I've kind of learned from that is that there is a lot of content out there that is, um, bad, (laughs) (laughs) Just, just bad. And it's, it's not like, it's not even a reflection necessarily of the people writing it. Um, so much as it, it's like clearly cobbled together by someone who is not, um, good at cobbling together. Um, and, or just like, it just, it doesn't have any actual substance to it. Um, like I, I, I subscribed to a whole bunch of sub stacks because I write a sub stack every week and I wanted to see what else was out there and what kind of the expectations are for a weekly newsletter. And, uh, one of the ones I subscribed to was literally a woman who just shares what she put on Pinterest every single week. Okay. With direct links to the Pinterest board. Well, um, what's wrong with that? Well, I see, see, here's the thing when you market that specific newsletter, um, as a actual newsletter, um, with writing and travel advice, and instead it's just a whole bunch of pictures you found on Pinterest and then the links to the Pinterest pins. Um, while that must've taken a while to format, it's not actually, um, substantial. And if I wanted to see what you put on Pinterest, I would go to your Pinterest.
0: Well, I mean, fair enough, I guess i i I like if you know that's what you're expecting from it, then you're subscribing. Yeah,
1: to that. yeah, yes. I feel like uh-huh. if someone had told me like I do, I run a Pinterest account. I do inspiration shit like that would be one thing, but it was very much um presented as if it was like a lifestyle and travel writing piece of writing. um, and then there were a few I had to unsubscribe from just because. Uh, I've never seen so many horribly constructed sentences and grammatical errors in my entire life.
0: Oh, I uh, have, but I have. I, I, you know, I I do Facebook, so.
1: Well, I don't really do Facebook, so.
0: <laughs> no, you know, and the thing about it is Bailey, that when you have um, yeah, like I know you have a lot. Y- your friends group is probably a little more tailored than mine, and my so my friend group
1: uh, is very tailored. Yes. <laughs> okay. <I don't.
0: laughs> so. And when I say probably a little more, I don't really tailor it. Like there's, you know, well, there's my actual Facebook account that is a little more, you know, curated, but then there's my Joe Shelton music artist and entertainer thing. Mm -hmm. And that is not, it's just a page with people that follow it and they respond to whatever. And they're from all over the world. And Mm -hmm. well, I mean, as such, when they put things in English, sometimes... Well, Um, I'm sure that whatever their native language is, it it probably made a lot more sense. It's just, I can't read that. So they put it in English and it's got a lot of grammatical problems.
1: I should, I should (laughs) clarify this. I have never seen a completed piece of writing from a person who purports themselves to be a writer
0: putting out an, an English writer. And like
1: a an English-speaking English writer (laughs) who is sending out their final draft with that many errors, like like professionally speaking, some people just need an editor. um, (laughs) We all need
0: an editor. I probably need an editor earlier in this podcast.
1: Oh, certainly. I I but we're not going to get one.
0: No, fuck that. No editors. You get the real us.
1: We're going to need at least um, 1,000 people listening to every episode before we hire an editor. And I'm really sorry <laughs> to all of you on the way.
0: But yeah, um, all six of you right now are going to have a, you know, an unedited podcast today. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You get us raw but, and unedited.
1: But We're, yeah, this, so like this that is that kind the director's of, cut. It's like I I, like I do feel a little bit better about my own director's cut versions when it comes to like the writing I do every week, Um, because I, I know that it is to a certain standard that is like above bad for me personally. Like if someone wrote what I wrote and sent it to me, I wouldn't be mad at them necessarily. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever written or read um but i i wouldn't be absolutely upset about it um and so i think that that's like it's kind of an ego boost to know that like there are people who i consider to be like not as good as me um but then there's also part of me that's like man i want to find writers and read things that are so much better than me that I feel bad about myself. Like that's the standard I'm looking for.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 thing is, um, uh, as a musician, that's easy to find for me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, um, uh, the, 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 the world is full of so many talented people and they have different talents. And so I, I, I never like, you know, I've always appreciated music, but until I got to be um, you know, a professional level musician Mm -hmm. and then met others who hadn't like, you know, you know, when you watch, you know, Michael Jackson or, um, you know, somebody that's just, you know, ridiculous. I mean, Michael Jackson is a great example of someone who is so very talented from like the age of five Mm -hmm. that. It was just an undeniable thing right you're just gonna like right. sit there and listen to him and watch him and whatever he does is gonna be like popular because he's just that talented and then um you see you know you get to be a pro musician and you see a lot of people and you do shows with them and things and some of them are absolutely ridiculously talented and mm-hmm. for whatever reason they haven't no one's seen them. Like no one have enough people haven't like, for whatever reason, they haven't gotten out there. Like somebody came across Michael Jackson when he was five and the Mm -hmm. Jackson brothers and, and saw all that talent and made the Jackson five happen Yeah. in in that world, but they could have easily missed them. And those, all that talent would just be like walking around, not doing anything. So, (laughs) um, Uh, so it takes like. You know, it takes a lot of talent and then just some incredibly lucky circumstance.
1: Yeah. For the well, whole and world to know
0: you. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Harrison
1: yeah. about that and he was talking about, he mentioned that he knows some actors out in LA who are in their 30s and just now getting the steady gigs to live like an upper middle class life. And he said, you know, it's really not a matter of whether or not you're getting lucky, it's just a matter of how, um, willing to wait for that you are like, and how long you're willing to just keep chipping away yeah i mean you can chip
0: i mean it's that way in any entertainment thing you keep working and you get better over time you learn the craft you get networked into people and then you get a chance right yeah whereas but some people like that i mean they get pulled out of obscurity because it's just you know, that's just the random lottery ticket that happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, And so, you know, I, and even shows like American Idol or whatever have thrown a random lock- lottery ticket at people and they haven't been able to cash in their lottery ticket, mm-hmm. you know, whereas others have like Carrie Underwood completely cashed in her lottery ticket. Kelly Clarkson totally did the same, right? And they were both yep. from American Idol, but mm-hmm. then there are the others like Ruben Stuttered. Or you know, <laughs> like yeah. he, he, like he just disappeared, you know, or um, or like the voice winners, you know, several of them have just gone into obscurity because they didn't have the wherewithal to do the actual work after they got the the thing, yeah. you know, or or they didn't have the right infrastructure in place to be able to actually do the work, right. You know?
1: Well and that's in, how uh, um it's it's kind of interesting with like the music community that I I know back in Indy because um so I I know this group that is a metal band it's called Enterprise Earth I actually I have their ticket for they're performing in Glasgow in like 2 weeks and it's a Friday the 13th show I know from Indy? it's yeah they're from Indy so they're performing in Glasgow at this place called Cat House which is like this Jaeger bar basically um but Enterprise Earth Enterprise Earth, yes. So, I have to well, I don't you, think yeah. that they're all from indie, but like the person I know in that band, um, his name's Dakota. He's really good friends with Adam um, Skinner. And so, like, I know him through that. And um, it's an interesting band dynamic because they are a bigger group. They are touring the UK and the US, and hearing indie people talk about that from various angles it's a little bit like they see it as a golden ticket but when you talk to like Dakota about how their band divides up like responsibility and and how it's run like behind the scenes it's very much like a job right (laughs) with tasks that you have to accomplish in order to get done what you need to get done like there's a certain amount of marketing, there's a certain amount of logistics, there's a certain amount of like project management that has to happen in order for that to be pulled off to the level so it
0: is. So it says here the band is uh, originally from Spokane, Washington. Dakota yeah. Johnson, I assume is the guy you're talking about, the bass yeah, player. Yeah,
1: he's the bass player, yeah.
0: Yeah. So Well, I believe cool.
1: there's sound guy, there's another guy who is affiliated with them that's also from Indy, but Nice. Yeah, so like yeah. the members are from different places but yeah
0: well the, one of their albums was number six on billboard on the heat yeah, Seekers chart. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well so like that was kind of the it, so adam just got off touring as their audio engineer
0: oh um, cool yeah
1: yeah which was which was really cool for him um he's you know i think they offered the year european leg to him but there was some other stuff anyway um basically he just got off of tour with them and and they were in indie and i kind of know dakota sort of but yeah so that has been a kind of an interesting parallels to what you're talking about where it's like yeah that's a golden ticket kind of thing like like being a musician and being able to tour the us and abroad is like making it by a lot of people's standards so um, seeing what makes it very even interesting really
0: band great. dynamic here. Like, so like I'm reading the Wikipedia page, right? Right. And it says an American deathcore band from C- Spokane, Washington. Former men- members, vocalist Dan Watson and guitarist BJ Sampson, formed the mm-hmm. band in mid 2014. At the beginning of the uh, spring, they finalized their deal with uh, Attila frontman Chris franzak and moved to his record label, Stay Sick Recordings. Since the departure of Watson in 2022, no original members remain in the band.
1: Yeah, that sounds about That's right, actually.
0: like, they, But and, Noah's and
1: still friends with them, I believe. Their f- like,
0: they're f- they're f- former members are like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different cats have been yeah. in the band over time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah, uh, crazy absolutely yeah. crazy
0: <laughs> like this is really cool like uh yeah you know the fact that the that the band has survived as a title you know yeah. with all of that going on like the different oh, wow.
1: iterations and honestly their current setup is a really good like group as like a whole like their vocalist is like it's like he's able to
0: their new vocalist yeah. yeah,
1: well, they're new vocalist, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know the fucking timeline of this band. I've just seen That's them cool. in their most recent tour. And, like, as a performance, it's pretty fucking insane. Like, the vocal range of it is crazy. And then, like, every time I listen to metal, it's like I enjoy it. But I get really tired afterwards because it's like listening to a symphony very fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, there's I mean, cause there's
0: an interesting transition in, in like, um, what, what is called metal now versus what metal used to be and right now. It's, it's like, you know, they call it death core or whatever, but it's like speed metal. And yeah. like in the, in the, um, like in the eighties, you know, van van Halen was a metal band. Right. And, yeah, uh, which is funny. You know, cause now which is not like, that. that would not be considered metal now. No, but like, um, you know that that was a really like you know bands like that were like the cutting edge of metal at the time, and Metallica came along and started doing that kind of like started branching it into like a speedy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metallica and Megadeth and um, and those bands kind of like took it off in a different direction with the the speedier stuff, and then like everything here is derived from that now. You know where these mm-hmm. guys like they've taken it to the extremes of of that on the on the h- hard edge of metal <laughs> you know well, and
1: it's, it's and funny they're incredible because
0: players because you have to be, to be able to play that fast
1: yeah you know well so like adam is is the the kind of musician where he like holds himself to that like standard and i remember one time when we were still dating i was like at a bar and someone was like oh you know adam skinner i was like yeah i'm dating him they go oh you're dating math rock adam and i was like yeah that's a funny fucking thing to call him. <laughs> like, that's his moniker. Uh, like, oh, math rock, Adam. Yeah, like the way rock. he plays bass makes people think of math rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's
0: funny. Which,
1: which you know, the the second part of that was a compliment, where they said that he made any band they've ever heard him in better. So, you know.
0: Hmm. Wow. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. But, Hey, I'd so you're going to go see those
0: old. guys in Glasgow, huh?
1: Yeah, I am. I have a well. I mean, what better way to spend Friday the 13th without than with some deathcore? So, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly, deathcore Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, with your sponsors, Jason Voorhees.
1: Well, I think that the lead of the tour is actually a, a band called Shadow of Intent, um, and I've never heard them before because i'm not very into metal on the regular basis like i'm wearing a fucking cardigan right now so um it's but not you're really taylor
0: swift i got gotcha. you
1: well i like taylor swift i wouldn't make it my personality um but
0: well you're wearing yeah, a cardigan I...
1: oh ha 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 that's a song she wrote <laughs>
0: dad's got jokes it took you a minute bailey you were slow on that uptake on that one <laughs> So, but yeah, well, um well that that should be fun for you. Um, yep. And you know we got what's the New coming Year's up
1: for you, man. What's what's your New Year's plans?
0: New Year's Eve party here at, at the the uh, the Shelton. Uh, <laughs> You're household. having
1: a party without me.
0: Well, come on, get on the plane.
1: No, you, it's I very think if you really, cold.
0: if you jump on the plane right now, you might be able to make it in time. <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. I don't have good luck with planes to America.
0: <laughs> I said Mike. <might.
1: laughs> yeah, um, that's fair.
0: <laughs> the um, yeah, so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a get together here. Um, I, I I have been told that we will have an appearance by um, our friend Seach, which would be cool. And uh, and you know, our, Seach our are hanging casting.
1: out without me.
0: <laughs> that might happen
1: okay well Cel yeah. I said hey
0: yeah and um you know of course uh friends and fam yeah oh Denny and Brenda are coming look at that
1: oh hey did I did I tell you I saw somebody on the train who looked just like Denny the other day really yeah like cool. a spitting image by the profile and then like I kind of looked at him further and he was just a very gruff man um which kind of makes sense because his wife was singing on the train the
0: entire time. Singing um, on the train, singing on... No, that's not a song.
1: No, that was not what she was singing. I forget what she was singing. It was like Hello, <laughs> Dolly or something. It was... She wasn't
0: singing Night Train either. I, I no, so. she
1: was singing like old show tunes. Um, uh, like the entire time. The whole 45-minute trip from Edinburgh to Glasgow, she was singing.
0: Well, let's wrap up this rabble. We okay. will. Uh, we will chat next week. I love you, Bailey. I love you too. Thank you for being a part of the family rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.